Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating in Rio Rancho, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, and Pam Harris's Pequail Realty also in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody out there in Rio Rancho and anybody else that's listening to the show this morning. Welcome to the Mayor Hull Show, where we talk about all the things that are happening in the City of Rio Rancho and man, Derek, we have a lot going on. But for those of you all who cannot listen to the whole show today, it's W H O L E, not H U L L. Yes. The whole, not hull. Yes, the whole show. <laughs> yes. If you can't listen to the whole hull show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can always catch us on the podcast on Spotify. Just go out and Google Greg Hull, Mary Rancho podcast. And you'll be able to pull it up and listen to the show. And, and there's a lot of great information that we put there. And you'll find getting on about two years worth of uh, archived information there on that podcast where you can go back and talk about the various different things. But before we get started, we have to remember that today is a very special day. Derek, it is Father's Day. Yes, and you are a father several times. Yes, yes. So first off, happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. We appreciate each and every one of you and all that you do. But yeah, I have, as many people know, I have five kids. So I want to give them a, a shout out. And then, of course, five children has turned into eight grandchildren. So wow. our latest grandchild was uh, born just this past year. Her name is Cohen, and uh, yes, she was born on April 13th, two months ago. So she's just about, she's a little over two months old now. And then my oldest grandson, the day before she was born, turned 18. Wow. Quite a spread. <laughs> yeah. He just graduated high school this year. So it's, man, just a lot going on there. And yeah, the family's growing. And fortunately, all of the grandbabies live here in Rio Rancho with the exception of one. And that's Kinsley, who lives with her mom and dad in California. So, yeah, and her uncle. So the, the two boys live in California over there. And the rest of them live here in Rio Rancho. So well, that's pretty good because New Mexico does have a problem with our young people leaving. Yeah, absolutely. Truly does. And so we're proud to have them here. and We're proud to be a part of the community of Rio Rancho and uh, having three generations of family living in the city now, which is fantastic. Your house must be very busy at Christmas time. It is. Well, oh, you don't even want to talk about Christmas because the twins, uh, the two boys, Corbin and Ryland, their birthdays are December 24th. Oh, man. So, <laughs> yeah. so they are Christmas babies, right? Yeah. And so their birthdays are on the 24th. Christmas was on the 25th. And then their mom's birthday is on the 27th. Oh, man. So, yeah, so it's Christmas all, and birthdays. Oh, all, it's all right there. And love each and every one of our kids. Love each and every one of our grandchildren. And we're blessed to have each of them in our lives. And as a dad myself, I'm just grateful for the blessing of having a family. And so with that, we wanted to make sure that we wish all the dads out there a very happy Father's Day. And you kids, if you haven't gotten your dad a gift yet, remember there's always the hardware store. That's a good place to go. And then there's uh, then there's Walgreens, you know, for the quick easy, right? So <laughs> run in, get a card, get a gift, get back. But uh, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. I hope it's a great day. I wanted to ask you, as mayor, you have to keep up with things constantly changing. So you just finished a class. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, it's more of a course uh, that uh, leaders in New Mexico take, and it's called Leadership New Mexico. And it's actually a pretty fascinating course. 
that you can take that really introduces you to all of the different facets of New Mexico. And it's about a nine month deal. You don't go every month. It's about every other month. They have three to four days of activities where you go to different cities throughout the state of New Mexico and you just learn about the different industries, the different forms of government and of different leadership roles that you find throughout the state of New Mexico. The course took us to Santa Fe, Los Alamos, Farmington, Hobbs and Taos and Las Cruces. And when you think about those cities, what's important about those and why, why they take you there? Well, Las Cruces, you have White Sands, Missile Range, mm-hmm. just big, big military presence down there. So that was kind of the focus of that class down there and some of the things around how you've got a strong military presence here in the state of New Mexico. And then uh, when you talk about Hobbs, obviously you've got the oil field there, but you've also got the WIP site not too far from there. And then you've got Urenco, which produces a large portion of the uranium for nuclear power plants around the world, right here in New Mexico. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either, but it's it's produced right here. I knew we had <clears throat> uranium, especially over in the Grants area, but I didn't know they produced it. Yeah, here yeah. As well. it's a fascinating plant to get Re- a tour refined of. Refined it, yeah. Yeah, and just learning about all the different industries. And then, of course, in Los Alamos, you're going to talk about the labs and the things that the labs do up in Farmington, your oil and gas, natural gas, up in that area. Taos hits heavy on the cultural aspect of like the Pueblos and things like that. Probably tourism. Yeah, a lot of tourism there too. Exactly. So as we traveled around the state over the last nine months, kind of learning about the different things, it was fascinating, the things that you learn. So it's a pretty intensive, I guess I would call it more of a course than a class, right? But Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty intensive on just getting you around the state, introducing you to people, networking with other leaders, and you get to meet a lot of individuals too. Local leaders that come out, the mayors that come out, the state reps that come out, the state senators that come out and talk to you about the various different things that are going on. And when you go through this particular course before you've got the mandatory classes that happen where you're really learning stuff, they always do a first day before it all starts of optional activities. So like going to Chaco Canyon, this last one up in Taos. Now, I didn't get to do this, but oddly enough, the class was there when I think it was Channel 7 ran a news story about river rafting. And so they did a day of river rafting before the class started this past week. And so they were up there doing that the day before. I didn't have time to go up and do that. So I just went up for the class and the basically the graduation. So just a, you know, a shout out to the 2023 class of Leadership New Mexico and shout out to Leadership New Mexico. And if you've never looked at that organization and you are a leader in your community, if you're a leader in your business, or if you just want to develop your leadership skills and learn more about the state of New Mexico and how you can most effectively apply your leadership skills, I would recommend this to anybody. So go out and take a look at it. Leadership New Mexico. I really enjoyed it. It is a time commitment, but I felt like it was worth the time commitment to really learn more about the things that are around us. And why is that important to me here in Rio Rancho? Because Rio Rancho does not live in a bubble. And does not exist in a bubble. We are part of the community, which is New Mexico, right? So as leaders, we need to be interested in what other communities are doing. We need to be concerned about what other communities are concerned about and to make sure that the actions that we take, take into consideration how that's going to potentially impact others. And obviously, one of the big things that we talked about, and it was a big topic in one of the sessions, and we're constantly talking about it, and that's water. And it's always going to be a topic in New Mexico about how we manage the resource that we have and to make sure that we're protecting that resource, 
and we're putting in programs that promote long-term sustainability. Really cool course, so kind of a shameless plug, I guess, for Leadership New Mexico, but go out, check them out, and you can check out their website and find out what they're about. But excellent course, and learned a lot of great things about New Mexico that uh, I didn't know. Plus, I guess you also make contacts. Yes. That can be helpful as a mayor or a business leader. So. Yeah, absolutely. And the alumni of Leadership New Mexico has a long, rich history of leaders in New Mexico, governors, senators, representatives, mayors, and just business leaders throughout the state of New Mexico in numerous different industries. So, and you get to really interface with a lot of those individuals and become a part of that alumni network, which when you have a question about something, it's nice when you know who you can pick up the phone and give them a call and say, hey, tell me a little more about this, right? And get your question answered. Yeah. Well, you know, it's June 18th. It is. And uh, we're just three weeks away from the 4th of July. And I haven't been able to find a good fireworks stand to get my fireworks, Mayor. <laughs> where I haven't seen any in Rio Rancho. Oh, uh, you, oh, Derek, you're you're digging you're <laughs> yes. digging into me there, buddy. Please don't go look for any more fireworks stands. Okay, okay? <laughs> we would prefer you not do that. I will say though, as I was driving back from Taos this past week, there's a massive billboard on 25 that says your world supply of fireworks at this place, and I'm not going to say the place, right? But it's advertising it right there. And I want to remind everybody that we're just a year removed from all those massive fires up north. And yes, we've had some rain and yes, things feel a little bit more damp. But, you know, you're just a couple of days where you just need temperatures up over 80, 90 degrees where you dry things out. Well, you saw we had a fire in Corrales just this week. Right. It was a small one, fortunately, but the hay caught on fire. It does not take long for this stuff to dry out and become a tinderbox again. So why take the chance? Look, Rio Rancho has one of the most extensive ordinances on fireworks. We've banned them to the maximum legal extent is what we've done. And we can't ban the ones that basically go 10 feet up or 10 feet wide and don't pop louder than a cap gun. You know, those are fine. You know, like, like your the sparklers, the sparklers and, or, you know, those black snakes that you'd mm-hmm. light on fire. Um, they don't go up in the air. Uh, yeah. A non-exploding smoke bomb, stuff like that. Those are things that you can do. But I guess the point I would make is, why would you want to do that when you can go to Campus Park on July 4th, which is a Tuesday, and enjoy a parade, enjoy the Rio Grande Symphonic Band. You can enjoy the New Mexico Philharmonic, and then you can enjoy an extravaganza of fireworks. And let me tell you, we do a really great show, and so and there's lots of parking. You can come down, be a part of the festivities, or you can just park your car. You remember a few years ago when we moved the fireworks out there because there was more room to park the cars, and mm-hmm. we could do a fireworks show during COVID, and we had the ability to park it out there. Well, we realize now that that parking is invaluable when it comes to this particular show. I remember you had cones, and you had to park every other space for the distance for COVID. Right. It was like a drive-in. You could sit in your car and watch the fireworks. Exactly. Now, you, the city hires a company, to, a professional company yes. to do this, absolutely. and you've got fire trucks standing by if oh, yeah. something goes out in the desert. And- yeah, Absolutely. So we take all the precautions with those professional shows and they're very careful with them. And we have the fire trucks right there on hand in case there's some sort of mishap. But that being said, what we're encouraging everybody and and I would say, please share this information out there. Do not fire off fireworks in the city of Rio Rancho 
that are deemed illegal. And I joke around about this because I'll, I'll invariably get a dozen emails saying, Mayor, you need to ban illegal fireworks. Well, illegal fireworks, they're illegal because they're banned, <laughs> right? So by definition, uh, and what you have going on here, it's not that they're legal anymore. It's not that they're okay. You just have individuals that are breaking this particular ordinance and that's not okay. And it causes a lot of trouble and it puts all of our public safety people out there looking, trying to catch people doing this. And it puts them in an undue risk situation, if that makes sense, because they're out driving around there. It's dark. You can't see everything. And they're rushing into one area or rushing into another area. They're chasing down fireworks when they might need to peel off from that and go save somebody's life. It stresses the resources on this particular night. And my biggest fear is this, and, and I'll just say this now, because there will be patrols out the weekend before the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. Now, the 4th of July is on a Tuesday. Right. So this is one of those weird lineups where we'll probably see quite a bit of fireworks the Saturday and Sunday oh, yeah. before the 4th of July because people are home for the weekend yeah. and they're like, or maybe doing a four-day weekend because you're going to take that Monday off and just run Saturday through Tuesday, right? And if I can get away with that, I'm going to probably try to do that. But I don't normally get away with four days off. You and me both. I can't just turn off the radio stations and go away for four days. Well, the 4th of July technically is a work day for me because we have an event. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. look, save some money. Come to the big show on 4th of July, which is Tuesday night. And going to have a parade at six o'clock. And if you want to be in the parade, you need to get signed up now. You need to contact Parks and Recreation at 505 891 or go out to the city's website and register your business or whatever to get into that parade. And so we hope you'll join us for that. And then the parade kicks off at 6 p.m. And then we go to the Rio Grande Symphonic Band and then to the New Mexico Philharmonic and then the fireworks. So should be a ton of fun because we're going to have all the food trucks out there. We're going to have a lot of activities and it's just a great time. You do want to show up early. You can bring your own picnic basket if you want to bring your own folding chairs, bring an umbrella. You're probably going to need sunscreen. So put that in the bag just in case. Yeah. Right. But what you can't bring is you cannot bring your own alcohol and there's no smoking in the park while this event is. So it's a smoking free and no alcohol in the park. At this point, I'm not sure if the, the city will have the beer garden or not. We typically do. Mm -hmm. So I would assume there's going to be a beer garden. That's a fenced in area. That's a fenced in area. Right. So you'd have to go over there, but you can't bring the alcohol into the park. Okay. Fair and, enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's going to be a lot of fun and we've got that coming up. But I just want to say, please, 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 please. I'm not trying to sound like a mean guy trying to stop people from doing fireworks. The Grinch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Grinch that stole the 4th of July. Yeah. I'm just really asking this really for the other citizens that are having a real hard time with it. And we need to respect them. And the nice thing about the 4th of July fireworks show out at city center, it's not real close to any houses. So it's not where it's going to cause a lot of problems. Well, the noise won't bother in the traffic, but I guess uh, if you're over in what, Northern Meadows, you'd have a good view of the show. Yeah, I think you would think so. Yeah. We'll look forward to enjoying the 4th of July. I, I believe it can be up to a $500 fine, right? Isn't it? $500 fine, 90 days in jail or both. So if, Plus you if spend all that them, money on and, fireworks. And, and, and what makes our, our ordinance a little bit more beefy than most is you don't have to be setting off illegal fireworks to get this ticket. You just have to be in possession of them. Oh. So that's what makes our ordinance probably the stiffest one, pretty much the stiffest one in the state. And so when people say, why haven't we enacted a law? We actually enacted a law many, 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 many years ago 
because this was becoming quickly becoming a problem. Okay. Well, on to the citizen survey now. We have these talking points that uh, sometimes we stick to. and <laughs> sometimes yes. we, But the citizen survey is up. Right? Yes. So this is the link that you can go if you did not get an official citizen survey in the mail, if you weren't notified that you were part of the official sample of individuals that would fill out a physical secured survey. I didn't get one. You, and, and neither did I. But you want to give your input. You want to be a part of the survey. Now, you can go out now. The link is live. You can go out now to the city's website at rrnm.gov forward slash survey. And you can go out and be a part of this and fill this out online through the city's portal there. Now, understand that the answers you give will not be part of the statistically valid survey because this is an open link and this thing could be taken over by somebody that just wanted to either bash the city or whatever uh, and send it off to all of their relatives in Colorado and Texas and California. Or China. Or China, yeah. sure, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You may get people answering this survey. What we want is we want each household and each person in that household. I know I have a different opinion about certain things than my wife does, right? So go on there and fill out the survey and be as honest as you can about it if you're a Rio Rancho citizen and give us your honest feedback so we can use that feedback to build a better city. And that's now, what we've done. Yeah. And now you don't know where these people live, right? Correct. That do this online. How about the ones that get it in the mail? That's done by the post office. So you, you don't know that either, right? No, we do not. Those are random addresses that are selected by the postal service. And I don't know how they use their random equation, but they send them out. And we typically send out around between 2,500 and 3,000 of them. If we get three to 500 returned, that is a statistically valid sample. Now, people will argue that, but the reality is if you go out and look at all of these data surveys where we pull all these data points, those are statistically valid numbers. And the biggest thing that really points to the, that these are statistically valid is every survey we've done, the following election has yielded pretty close to the same results. So the survey was right is when you filled out this information and then people voted on something, whether it was the road bond or the public safety bond or the quality of life bond, any of those things. Or when we asked questions about charter amendments, mm -hmm. would you support it or would you not support it? And so asking those questions, we get a percentage of people that say, yes, we would support it or no, we wouldn't. Well, when we do the actual poll, that's no longer quote unquote, a survey anymore. That's an actual poll. Yeah. Somebody went and yeah. pushed a button. <laughs> Somebody went and pushed a button. That's an actual answer. And those numbers are not just statistically valid. They're absolute valid. And so when we get the survey results back and then we get the polling results and, and know that we do this survey every two years in front of an election. And we've got an election coming up where we're going to be asking to, well, we're going to ask the city council to put it back on the ballot to renew the road bond mm -hmm. to keep that going because we've got a lot more work to do and we've got a $1.5 billion problem out there and we're throwing $10 million every two years at it. So we've got a long way to go, but we're also trying to make sure that we're being fiscally responsible with every dollar we have. And that's why you're seeing a lot of work going on right now in Paul Weimer's district with Spring Road and 
Pine Tree and most recently St. Andrews. We're trying to get roads done. District 4 and Paul Weimer has really worked hard for District 4. Paul took office right as the pandemic started. So he was sworn in underneath the pandemic, right? So it was kind of, okay, you're the city councilor. Now what? (laughs) You're locked down now, right? So he really had to work hard to get stuff done because he couldn't be out there and present and in front of everybody. So the stuff that he got done, it was very challenging, especially being a brand new city councilor. Now, he had experience in planning and zoning, which was fine. Mm -hmm. But the reality is he had never had experience as a city councilor before. Well, now he is an experienced city councilor. He's built a lot of relationships that are helping him to achieve more and more and more for District 4. And same thing with Jim Owen, who's over in District 1. He had to work real hard during the pandemic to get roads funded, like working with us to get Rainbow done. And Rainbow was a big one. And then there's other streets throughout District 1 that have been repaved. And then working with the developers to bring forward some of the development you see down in the Unser Gateway, that's in District 1 as well. So you've seen a lot of really strong accomplishments coming out of those districts when it comes to city councilors that really, really, really work for their districts. They don't just go out and make a bunch of promises they can't keep. They've actually put the rubber to the road and trying to get some stuff done. And that's important because in our form of government, I can't make unilateral decisions without council support. So building those relationships and having the council work together and then having the council work with me being the mayor, you really have this collaboration that helps us kind of move the whole city forward. But there are six city council districts, so we've got to divide the money up and try to get the work done. Yes, But it seems to work. Rio Rancho is a very successful city. In fact, didn't we just win another award? Well, we were just nationally recognized again by livability.com as one of the top 100 cities in the United States to live in. And our livability score was well above the national average. Uh, You'd have to go out to livability.com and we did post the link on the city's website and you can go out and see what their matrix were for why Rio Rancho is a very livable city. And I, once again, very proud of the work that we've gotten done, that we are receiving national recognition, not just, hey, Rio Rancho looks pretty good up there compared to some of the other communities around us, right? But to have a national company come in and say, hey, here's a city that's 100,000 plus population and their crime rate is 26% below the national average. What's going on there? And there seems to be a really huge community sentiment that people love to live there. And we're seeing a lot of people moving to those two zip codes, 87124 and 87144. There's a lot of people moving there from other places, right? Not just New Mexico, but all over the country. Correct. Oh, yeah. No, we've seen a lot of people move from California, Texas, Arizona, Colorado. We're seeing a big blend. And then we're seeing some East Coast individuals that are moving over here as well. Well, they always have. Remember when they used to market it to New Yorkers to come and live in, own some land. Absolutely. Yeah, I have one of those AMREP signs out in the lobby that uh, you could own a house and land out here instead of living in a tiny apartment in New York. Yeah, come yeah. to Rio Rancho, and this is like in the 60s. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's true. Like $12,000 for a house. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah, talk about affordable housing yeah. right there, huh? 12000 bucks. Wouldn't you like to get your hands on one of those houses right now for twelve grand? Yeah. Those over in the old Rio Rancho Estates area, which is Unit 16 now. Um, and they're still nice. I like them because you have a nice size piece of land. You're right. not looking out your kitchen window into your neighbors. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can find pretty much any product you want 
out here in Rio Rancho from one acre down to like what I live in in Cabazon, which I'm not sure what the acreage of it is, but it's, you know, what, uh, maybe a tenth of an acre. I don't know. It's, yeah, but it's you and Carrie are too busy to take care of a, an acre lot. Correct. So your lot's very manageable. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I don't have time to mow the, the uh, North 40. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's a reason for that. No, I'm with you there. I don't want a big yard either. Anyway, so yes, you do have choices. And so people are, are noticing. Uh, and I think part of it is because of you doing this program every week and letting people know what's going on. You listen to this and you hear how things are done and you compare it maybe to where you live now, wherever that might be, and say, right. hey, that sounds like these guys know what they're doing over right. there. Right. Absolutely. Which circles us back to the citizen survey. How are we moving the community forward in a way that continues to maintain positive sentiments? Look, is Rio Rancho perfect? No, there is no city in the world that's perfect. So if you're looking for that, anywhere you're going to go. But some are closer than others. Yes. We all know that Rio Rancho has a problem with roads. You and I have talked about roads over and over and over and over and over again on this program. But the fact of the matter is, is the better portion of the city, and I'm talking 90 percentile of city, knows we're working on it. We're not just ignoring it. We're trying to fix it. But they're never going to be paved with gold. No, they're not going to be paved with gold. <laughs> and as soon as we get done fixing every road in the city, we have to start over, yeah, right? Know. It's a never ending process. Yeah. But I do want to remind everybody, and look, I love this city. Anytime I'm talking about it, this is one of the things that people recognize and they tell me all the time. They go, Mayor, we just appreciate every time you talk about Rio Rancho, you're so passionate and so genuine because you can tell that you just really love your community. And I do. I really love my community. I love the people in my community and I love who we are as a community. And so that being said, I always remind you, Derek, it can be a lot worse. The fact that the worst thing we have to talk about in Rio Rancho right now is that, that our roads have some problems. Yes. And yes, they have cracks. The cracks are irritating, but they're not, you know, these mega deep potholes, right? That or you'll worn find down back to east gravel. Or, you know, or worn down to gravel. And we have roads in various different conditions. There are some neighborhoods that they're worse than others because some neighborhoods here have been here for 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And we're still trying to figure out how to get to those. A big one that we're doing in District 6 that I know there's a lot of positivity around that we're about to do is pyrite. That's a big one oh, that yeah. goes through the Vista Hills. Mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of people. Those hills Vista, are moving. Vista Hills, yeah. yeah. So the roads crack. Yeah. So in Vista Hills, uh, they've been waiting for their roads to be repaid for a long, long time. Now they and did get sunt. They did get sunt and they got Rockaway. Yeah. Right. And now these are the true residential streets, mm -hmm. you know, that we're going in. Starting to move in. Yeah, yeah you're starting. And Pyrite's really technically a collector. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. I just need to remind everybody we're going from arterials to collectors to residential. There is a plan. Now, if I stop the paving crews and say, oh, I just got a call over here. We better run over here. Stop what you're doing here and run over there and fix this one real quick. Because I just got a call. We would waste so much money and we would get so much less done because we'd be chasing complaints as opposed to executing a plan. And so as much as I might, I get feedback that you're not doing it right or this isn't right or that isn't right. Well, until you stop and say, OK, wait a minute, there must be a reason that they went this direction. Let's stop and look at the whole plan. Now, you might not like the plan because it doesn't involve your street right now. Mm -hmm. But understand that there's a plan. The plan is to repave 
or repair every street in the city as quickly as we can with the limited resources that we have. Yeah. And when you talk about the older streets, when you say at least they're not turning to gravel, actually in Vista Hills, we have some roads in there that are kind of getting a little bit what we call gravelly. And we want to get those fixed as well. Those cannot be crack patched. Those cannot be mill and inlaid. Those have to be reconstructed. That's the problem with those. So you're going to spend a lot more when you go to reconstruct it. And I know asphalt looks like a real easy process, but when the communities were originally built 40, 50 years ago and they didn't have base course underneath the roads, that's a huge problem. I just say the base is gone, so you got to start over. Right. So you got to dig down, put the base course down so that the road lasts a longer amount of time. Sure. Is there a cheap way to do it? Yeah, absolutely. And then five years, we're back to the same problem. I guess, you know, if I wanted to just make people happy, I could go out there and slather down some stuff on some dirt like they did before. Yeah. But where does that leave you 10 years from now? What leaves you right back where you started? So I don't think that I've ever sat down and talked to anybody who could really just look me in the eye and say, yeah, we should throw good money after bad and just just do it just to do it. Right. Once you explain the plan and the approach this is how we have come to execute these ideas. Now we have a lot of people that are moving here that are brand new and they don't know what the plan is. They don't know the history, right? So it's like, Hey, I just moved here and I think my road should be fixed and fixed now. But what they need to do is go to the city's website. There is a clear plan that we've outlined. It shows you the roads that we have fixed, the roads that we're working on getting fixed and the and what the proposed future roads are. But make no mistake, if you don't see your road on a list, it's on a list. It's called every road in Rio Rancho. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 you're on a list. It yeah. just depends on various different factors, traffic count, population, the actual degradation of the base course underneath. There's a lot of engineering technical things that are looked at before a road is decided. Despite what some people might believe that these are political decisions. They're not. They're not. The engineers come and say, we recommend this and this and this and this. And city councilors on the crack patching can say, well, I really want to see if we could get this road over here done or maybe that one because for whatever reason, but the city councilor has to give a reason, right? And not just, well, my buddy lives on the street, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be a good technical reason saying, hey, I think it needs to be this one because the traffic count is similar. The cracks are the similar but a lot more people see this particular road or get onto this road than this other one. So the degree of where is higher or whatever. Correct. Correct. And that could be a multitude of reasons. I'm just throwing one out there. There could be thousands of reasons why a city councilor might say, well, if you're going to be working in this area, I'd rather you focus on this road over here. So and it better not be the road he lives on. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. So that being said, all that stuff brings us back to what we just started talking about a few minutes ago was the citizen survey. We need the input because the input that we're getting is what is driving our plan. And it's from citizen input coming into the city so that the elected officials, the city councilor, the mayor can make decisions on what the best path forward is. Not the most expedient And not the one that's politically favorable, because if we wanted everybody to be happy with us, we'd snap our fingers and say, all roads be fixed, right? But that's not going to happen. And so it took 40 years to get to this problem. It's going to take some years to get back out of it and get it under, under control. But I can tell you right now, with Paul Weimer's help and with Jim Owen's help and Dan Stoddard and all the other city councilors, Carissa Culbreth, Bob Tyler, Jeremy Linentine, 
all do an amazing job to make sure that with what resources we have, they're being deployed in a fiscally responsible way that gets the best and most value for the citizens of Rio Rancho. That's why also, as we talked about earlier this year, our bond rating was improved because the value of our city is going up and the value in our fiscal responsibility has been so good that they said, hey, we're going to upgrade your credit rating. And uh, we weren't even asked. It was just, hey, we're going to do this because we're seeing what you're doing. Once again, another national affirmation of what we're doing as a city that says we're doing it right. Very good. I'm talking with Mayor Greg Hull of Rio Rancho. And Mayor, before we go again, why don't we wish you a happy Father's Day? Well, thank you. And happy Father's Day to all those dads out there. And don't forget, if you're just tuning in right now, this is the Mayor Hull Show. We're right here every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KDSK 92.9. But if you missed it, you can catch it because later today, this will, this show will be uploaded to Spotify, to our podcast website. And you can go out and Google Greg Hull, Mayor of Rear Rancho podcast. And this will come up on Spotify and you can listen to the whole show and find out all the things we had to talk about in today's show. Plus, you can go back about almost two years now and look at some of the previous shows that we've had and talked about the various different plans that we have for the different things in the city. So a lot of information going on, a lot of things happening. But Derek, it's time for me to get out of here. I got to head to church. So all of you dads out there and everybody and all you moms and everybody else, go out there, make it a great day, and God bless.